We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everyone i did my best jordan cooper right there i'm not jordan cooper though i'm justin carlucci here with will priester we're wrapping up the work week roto grinders nba morning grind how are you today will priester i'm good man uh another bubble brothers podcast in the building um ready to go if you listen to the podcast yesterday i told you do not play the raptors i was fading them and then I hope you watched the show yesterday after the pod, after Bembry got ruled out. I literally hopped right back on the Raptors because of the lack of bodies. And while all the Raptors did not come through for us on FanDuel, on DK, they're actually probably a lot closer to where they should have been. Uh, but listen, Bobby Boucher, uh, performance of the age. Now, his name is Chris Boucher, folks, but we call him Bobby Boucher uh, on, on this show performance for the ages that game was already over i think it was what 38 19 something crazy like that i mean these are shaquille o'neal numbers trust me he doesn't have the size of shaquille o'neal but god man just i mean even outside of fantasy like just think about what he just did in the nba game 38 and 19 that's incredible incredible against nikola busevich for most of the night it's not like he was Squared up with Isaiah Stewart. No offense. It might be some bad juju because I need him to come through for me tonight and he's yet to tip off. But hopefully we banged on the table loud enough the past week and a half yelling Chris Bo- free Chris Boucher from the top of our lungs here. And he put up the 38-19 effort. 67 FanDuel points. He only had one block in that game. And one some- so I had to look it up before we started. And his career high... FanDuel points was in 2020, he had 56 and a half against the Spurs in just 22 minutes. <laughs> he had seven stocks that game. Right. So here's the question, Nick Nurse. Are you listening to the NBA morning grind? Will you continue to let Mr. Boucher run free when the rest of your rotation is healthy? Come on. He's the best player on your team right now. Right now. He is the best player on your team. And 
Maybe it's some strategy behind Nick Nurse. Maybe he wanted to piss off Boucher, saying that he gets thrown around inside. And you saw the coach's quotes, Will. So maybe this is the – maybe Nurse saw untapped potential or effort. And But then again, you look at Boucher. He's been on a leash for no reason, in my opinion, for how long. And, and here we are. 18% Boucher was in the monster – We'll talk about contest selection in a little bit and what you should be looking for and how to build your lineups, but I'm hoping to have a decent night here. I'm really glad Boucher was under 20%. Talk to me about Boucher. You did some Roto Grinder shows uh, before tip-off on Thursday, and some of the dialogue was, well, we can't trust Boucher's minutes. Well, that's the beauty of it, because if you could trust Boucher's minutes, he probably would have been damn near 40% in this spot. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, man... A lot of times I think in in DFS, we forget the logic behind the sport. And I I think that's something I try to embrace, um, you know, along with with the research and along with looking at the projections. If a team has eight bodies, all of these guys are going to play. Boucher had been starting. Now, granted, he'd run into some minutes issues along the way. But now they're in a spot where they don't want to play Aaron Baines. I mean, even if Baines got 20 minutes, Boucher was still going to have the bulk of the minutes. And Boucher's ownership, you know, I, when, I, when I looked at it earlier today, he was kind of tracking alongside Moses Brown. Then you got the Isaiah Stewart news. Now, he's at power forward on FanDuel, don't get me wrong. But that changes things because we all know when you can get a cheaper power forward – a lot of times we start to think, oh, I can spend up a little bit more at center. So maybe we see some Rudy Gobert shares out there that may, maybe shouldn't have gotten there. But um, and then, you know, Andre Drummond was coming back tonight. So he was going to be, you know, 15 to 20 percent on. And so all of a sudden on a slate where we might have had a, a few more shares funneled to Boucher, they end up not being there, especially since the Raptors have been so volatile. Even with the lack of bodies, the Raptors have been very volatile. Yes, they got blown out again tonight. We just happened to be on the on the right pieces. You know, I played Siakam, Luch played um, uh, or OG Ananobi. I played Siakam, and and, and I know, uh, you know, my boy Dre, he was on OG as well. So it's just sometimes you just need the stars to align. Tonight, the stars happened to align for us with Bobby Boucher, and we're getting rewarded for it with much lower ownership. Yeah, and he kind of pretty much drained the usage out of a lot of these other guys. But for me, in my, I'll be straight up, I made three bills in the Monster, and a lot of info we talked about at 11 o'clock on Wednesday was completely stale by tip-off. You know, I, I said I probably wouldn't one-off anybody from Detroit. And then the Mason Plumlee news came where he has, he's in concussion protocol, and I'm like, all right, like you can one-off Isaiah Stewart if he's going to get 25 yeah. to 30. So you got to take things with a grain of salt. We, we say it at 11 o'clock the night before we're doing our best here, but you're right. You know, I, I played Boucher, OG and, and Malachi Flynn together. Malachi Flynn, you might have heard us said he's not in play at 6k. Well, then Bembry got ruled out. Nobody saw that coming. There's more men. I mean, we absolute lock for playing time and even more ball handling and tell you what Flynn wasn't faring so well, but he had a late push really late in the fourth quarter, ended up with 28 FanDuel points, which. And on DK, he ended up being perfectly fine. At his price, he was perfectly fine on FanDuel would have won a little more. Um, but yeah, anyway, so like you said, lack of bodies, more usage, 
Nick Nurse finally decide to let Boucher do his thing. And you know what's even more impressive? Maybe we're seeing a little bit of maturity out of Boucher, who oftentimes is one of the more frustrating people to roster because he's a foul machine. I think he had two fouls in the first quarter. So he played a majority of that game in a situation where maybe last year, a year and a half ago, mentally, he would just totally change up his game when he's already in foul trouble against one of the elite centers in the game in Nikola Vucevic. So monster, monster game from Chris Boucher. I'm curious to see how much his price gets run up. I tell you what, though, when Fred Van Fleet comes back, you know, that'll drop peg him down a little bit on the rankings a little bit just in terms of usage. So it's going to be interesting with the Raptors moving forward. We've been talking about the Raptors for way too long the past couple of weeks, and I'm sick of it, Will. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, Let's find a new team to pick on. It might be Detroit the way it's looking. (laughs) It very very well could be. There's a nice slate on Friday. I hope all y'all have some good Masters teams going. I didn't see Justin Rose going seven under, so I know it's only Thursday, but I'm ready to tilt. So I have no Justin Rose, absolutely none. I took a bunch of stands. Anything could happen. The guy's been imploding for a calendar year. But anyway, my, my sights are turned on this nice Friday night NBA slate we have for you here. And the good news is, if there is good news at this point of DFS NBA, one of the games with a ton of question marks is a seven o'clock game. So we're going to get that news, Will. And you know I'm already talking about the Pacers and the Magic. So, you know, let's let's review here. You know, what happened earlier this week with the Pacers? Miles Turner was out, and he still is out. Sabonis is questionable. We saw TJ McConnell explode. We saw Goga go for 30-ish uh, points, and he's still under 4K on DK. So talk to me about these Pacers, and maybe, maybe they're the new Raptors of the next week or two. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is – we may have to just hop off the Doug McDermott train. I know he is providing good value, but I don't, I don't know what's going on. He's not getting stable minutes recently. So, you know, just something to look at something I caught when we were kind of looking through some things, very disappointed at that. Cause I mean, Dougie McBuckins is a guy that, you know, could possibly, you know, shoulder some scoring load if they allow him to, but it's just not happening. Uh, TJ McConnell played 35 minutes against Minnesota uh, 24 against Chicago, 34 against San Antonio, 31 against Charlotte. 20. I mean, if he gets 35 minutes, he's going to crush. But if he gets 25 minutes, we can't play him. We just can't. At 6,100 on FanDuel, I don't know what he is on DK. Obviously, you know, Luke's going to cover that. But 6,100 on FanDuel, I feel very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable plugging in TJ McConnell if I was in any type of single entry situation, um, just because I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the minutes are going to shake out. Um, you know, can't really play Edmund Sumner. Karis LeVert, I mean, he does have some upside at 8,300. It's just, you know, do we want to plug him in on this slate when you got Minnesota, Boston, you got, you know, Chicago, Atlanta, you got, you know, Charlotte, Milwaukee, possibly without Giannis. We don't know. You got, you know, Washington at Golden State, which is, God, the late night hammer, especially So I... <sighs> I think if I was going to play one value guy from this team, it would probably be Jeremy Lamb because I feel like he's got the usage and the shot attempts to get there. Outside of that, if, if, you know, if if uh, if Sabonis and Brogdon sit, it's probably just Goga and uh, and Jeremy Lamb on FanDuel. Now on DK, we might be in a different scenario because of the price. Yeah, McConnell is fifty six hundred, a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Still indifferent on him. He had 15 dimes the other day, which was his second most ever in a game. And he shot 75% from the floor. So that's 
an, that's an extremity, maybe an outlier. McConnell's got upside. We've seen it. But I think there's other, other places to go. Now, if Brogdon's out, I get it. Brogdon's questionable. I think you can play McConnell. I, I think he'll have a nice floor. But I think he's going to have to do quite a bit to hit that ceiling, as we saw earlier. I mean, McConnell is a stat sheet stuffer. Don't get me wrong. But at 6,100 on FanDuel, I don't trust it. At 5,600 on DK, I'm still, I'm still in. I, I'm still in because because he could get 31, and like that's still enough to take down a GPP if he gets there. On FanDuel, if he gets 31, literally it has to be one of those nights like tonight where you have Chris Boucher that gets like 70 at 6K. Because other than that, you're behind the field. A lot of guys in this team that are very volatile, <laughs> and yeah. it's tough. And they're volatile even when they get minutes. So, yeah, interesting game here. Goga, 3,800 on DK. Miles Turner's out. He's in play without Miles Turner. Yeah. If Sabonis doesn't play, he's, he's borderline a lock in cash games probably. And yeah. carry a ton of ownership in tournaments, but you might need it because he's a guy who, when he plays 20, 25 minutes, he's a, a very good point per minute type of player. So Absolutely. I think you're going to see a lot of Goga popping, a lot of talk around the industry Friday afternoon, uh, and a lot of people are going to monitor the status of these Pacers. For sure. I, listen, I didn't talk about Orlando. I'm not playing a single body from Orlando. That'll catch us up because I'm just too many bodies, too spread the minutes around, forget it. Yeah, Orlando, uh, I'm with you. Kind of like a Detroit situation. <laughs> a lot of unknown. A lot of, like you said, a lot of younger players are getting opportunities. The coaches are using this as a uh, showcase exhibition to see who's in the future and what they're going to do. So it's tough. It's tough. And you can team stack without running it back. Don't let, in the NBA, don't let someone say, well, if you play two or if you, you can play three guys in a game and not running back, it's not always going to give you the highest ceiling. But if you get guys that are cheap enough, now I wouldn't run three guys that are 8K together in the same team. But, yeah. for example, I mean, look at the Raptors last night. You know, Flynn, Boucher, both under 6K, and then you could run, you know, whoever, Siakam, whatever. Yeah. In a game where there's eight active bodies and those guys are all getting 30-plus minutes and a ton of usage – so what I'm saying is if you find a couple of Pacers, don't feel like you have to force anybody in the Magic in you know, as a run bag. Are you with me on that? Absolutely. Uh, the Magic can just run on back home from a DFS perspective because obviously I respect all NBA players. I played basketball. I've got a ton of respect for guys that make it to the league. I don't care if you're at the end of the bench. Uh, you know, you made it. I, but from a DFS perspective, the Magic are going in the trash can. I'm with you there. Did you see that video popping up on Twitter? The one high-profile high school prospect was talking smack to Brian Scalabrini, and they played one-on-one, and obviously you could guess how that went. Scalabrini gets crapped on all the time by, you know, he's in memes and everything, and obviously Scalabrini went there and just whitewashed, bodied the guy, and, you know, it was all all cool. You know, know, I think the kid was surprised he actually showed up to just play him for the hell of it and for the Twitter hype, but – yeah, you're right, man. They make it in the league. These guys are the best in their regions, and you, you coach it, you, you know it, man. You see it. I'm telling you, like you listen. The guy at the end of an NBA bench could walk up, walk on the best high school team right now, and destroy people. And I mean, I'm not saying everybody. I'm, I'm talking obviously. I'm talking about athletic players. Like for instance, 
Derrick Jones Jr. Does, is, isn't going to play a lot, a lot of minutes for Portland. If he goes on a college campus right now, he's getting buckets. If he goes on a high school campus, forget it. Like Derek, so so here's the thing too, Luch, and I know we got to move on. We got a couple other games, but a lot of these guys in the NBA are Mr. Basketball for their state. They're just not as good as the Mr. New York that's starting. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys are, like for instance, everybody, you know, gives Kendrick Perkins a hard time. Kendrick Perkins was a beast in high school. A beast. Won state championships. It's just, you know, he gets to the NBA and, and Kendrick Perkins never tried to make it out, make it out like he was going to be a superstar. He was a role player, and he knew that, and he played his role, and he made his money, and now he's on ESPN analyzing games. I honestly think he's a really good analyst. Like people, I think people give him a hard time because it's, it's Big Perk from Texas, and you know he's got some some semi hot takes. But if you listen to his game acumen when he talks about the game, he understands the game of basketball. Obviously, he played in the NBA for with some of the greatest players of all time, one, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Like, I mean, so, you know, I, I just got a ton of respect for NBA and WNBA players. Absolutely. Well, like, I, I'm ecstatic to see Candace Parker in the mix on TNT. Like, I think that's incredible that she's on there, you know, doing her analysis with Shaq, with D-Wade. I, I, I think that's fantastic because, you know, she, she's played at the highest level in her craft and done well. Hot takes here, but her analysis might be better than Shaq Charles, Shaq or Charles. I like Kenny, my opinion, but man, she schooled Shaq, Shaq a couple times. She, um, and listen, we know what Shaq does. We know what Charles does. They know their stuff, as does Kenny, as does Ernie. And it's really cool when Ernie gets to voice his opinion because he's just usually the you know the moderator. But I tell you what, Candace Parker knows her stuff, and it's awesome. And you got to love Shaq and Chuck for the entertainment, you know, aspect yeah, of that old thing. Yeah. Got to love it. For but sure. you're right. That's what makes NBA DFS so hard because you can give Lucas Semanic or Brian Goodwin 30 minutes, and, you know, <laughs> Brian Goodwin was the best in his region growing up. The guy, that's what makes it so hard. You have guys come out of nowhere with a ton of playing time opportunity that go for eight or nine X on any given slate. You have your Chris Boucher's getting their run finally, and here you go. And here you go. Yeah. yeah. Let's get going here, buddy. Minnesota and Boston, 730. And uh, we talked a little bit about Boston. They don't have Fournier, but the rest of them look pretty healthy. I don't see many, if any, injury designations at all on my list. So well, you know, what are you looking at in this Boston game on the, on the, on the Celtics side of things here, Chief? Yeah, man. So listen, I, I've got a rule and hey, call it what you want. I, I And I'm going to be wrong from time to time. And I understand that. But I think, you know, via the numbers, I'm going to be right most of the time on FanDuel. When uh, when everybody from Boston's healthy, I don't play anybody. Uh, and they are playing Minnesota, which has me a little bit more concerned than usual. Right. But, but Jason Tatum's 8,800. Jalen Brown's 8,300. Marcus Smart, 6,400. Kimba, 6,300. I'm out on these guys not playing a same. Not playing a single soul from the Boston Celtics. And it has nothing to do with, you know, whether or not I think they're going to win the game with their talent level. I just think everybody's priced efficiently. Even if Tatum gets 45 on this slate, 47, I don't need Tatum to take down a tournament. Jalen Brown at 8,300, uh, no, sir, not with everybody healthy. I'm just, I'm out on Boston. One of the best spots on the slate, but I just can't do it. Um, and, and with that being said, if there was one person I was going to play, it would probably be Kim at 6,300 because he's the cheapest of the bunch. 
But realistically, I'm not touching anybody from Boston. As of now, and like we said, things can change 18 hours from now. But I'm with you. Just with the pricing and the bodies that are out there, Marcus Smart is has been back now for a while, and he was a key cog that was missing for quite some time, which opened the door for people like Peyton Pitchard, who were a thing in the beginning of the year, and guys like that. Another great, you know, pack a pack Oregon guard there. I mean, man, he is actually when I saw, I loved him watching him in college. He reminded me of McConnell. Pritchard was kind of like a McConnell clone, hustle like herky jerky with the ball. Could shoot the three, wasn't his thing, and just just plays hard. Had to throw that in there since we were talking about McConnell. Um, you know, Time Lord had his GPP days for a while, but I on this slate, I, I just can't go there. I know Towns doesn't play any defense, but I get it if you want to roll the dice with him in large field GPP stuff. But I'm with you. For me, it's a hard pass. And on the other side of things, we talked about this throughout the week. Cat is playing some basketball. He is back. You can game log hunt with Cat because you will see consistency, you will see usage, and you will see really, really high effort rebounding. So some people game log and they look for duds and they, they get you get you get off you get off a player that you like. You don't include him. But you look at Cat's numbers and really how he's been playing since we came back from the all-star break. <sighs> The guy's got a 50-point floor if it's competitive. And Boston has been Swiss cheese inside, especially after getting rid of Daniel Tice. You know, I don't even know. Is Tristan Thompson even on the team? He's he's back. He's available. But, you know, the guy plays 20 minutes a game. We, We saw Embiid go to work the other night inside, get his way. And I know you rostered him that night. He probably would, wouldn't for, would have went for 70 if he had a couple rebounds. What do you have, like 35 real points? Just didn't 35 real points, Woo! man. So yeah. on, on that token, I like Cat tomorrow quite a bit. And I think Boston has these pieces that will collectively keep the game competitive. And I guess I'm a, without looking at the spread, I guess I'm a little scared that Minnesota might just fall behind. But I think Cat could keep this thing if he gets his way inside. I think it could be fairly competitive, Chief. I like the spot for him. Well, here's the interesting thing about Minnesota, I think. And this is kind of a sneaky take. D'Angelo Russell coming back is helping this team, I think. Just giving them a little boost, right? Another scoring option. Listen to these numbers from D'Lo. Two games against Sacramento, 24 minutes. 25 points, five rebounds, three assists, one block, one steal, two turnovers, 40 fantasy points, 39 and a half to be exact. Plays against Indiana, 23 minutes, 17 points, one rebound, five assists, no blocks, no steals, one turnover. So it it looks to me as if they're just kind of letting him come in and run the show and Cat is bringing him home. And so I, and he's only on a 24 minutes limit. Like what if he gets increased to 28 minutes? I mean, it could get real interesting real fast. I know he's a little over 6K, but I, I just think that's an interesting spot. Ricky, Rubo's, Ricky Rubio is playing almost 30 minutes. Anthony Edwards is 7,500, but he's earned it. I mean, you know, if you, you know, if you look at the last, this look, last little stretch of games here, 43, 48, 40, 28, 35, 38, I mean, he's getting there. Um, I, I'm not saying I'm for sure going to play him on this slate, but if, I, if I've got my mind in, you know, like, in a mode where I feel like this game is going to be 
a little bit more competitive because a lot of their pieces are back. A lot of their important pieces. Let me say that. I think D'Lo coming back is important for this team. And I think Edwards is on the list. And uh, I think he's got a, a little bit upside because Boston has not been playing great defense. They just have not. Just looking at the rest of the slate, I, I think you'll have some contrarian ownership looks in this one too. Cause there's a lot of other great options. A lot of guys with injury designations, which will put other guys in really nice spots. But I think you're right. And, you know, you want to be ahead of the herd on a guy who gets the restrictions cut off in terms of ownership. So you want to get D'Angelo at the 10% when he's, you know, 6,300 and hasn't played 30 minutes in a while. On the flip side, it helps Cap because, like you said, he's playing just enough where it helps them be competitive. But he's not playing 40 minutes, you know, taking 15 more shots away from Cat. So I think it's kind of a win-win for Cat right now, at least for the next game or two. And I'm thinking, you know, next week. We'll have to keep an eye on that price on D'Angelo Russell because eventually he's going to play 32, some 32, 33 minutes and he'll be underpriced in whatever game that is. So look at D'Angelo Russell over the weekend, you know, check out some beat writers. I like where your head's at chief. So I'm with you there. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Want to hop to the other seven thirty game here. We got Memphis and New York and I'll give you just a minute. I know there's a couple Memphis guys you wanted to bring up. Um, Julius Randle is the highest priced player in this game at just under 10 K and you know, what a treat he's been pretty much all season long. Um, very high floor in this Tom Thibodeau coach team. New York's fairly healthy though, outside of Mitchell Robinson. And I'm less excited to play anybody from this team for a lot of the same reasons we talked about the Boston Celtics, you know, RJ Barrett, 6,600. I get it, but I only like going to him when Rose is out or Randall's out. Uh, you know, two of the more higher usage players where Barrett needs to step up. And that's not really the case right now. Um, Derek Rose's minutes are quietly, quietly creeping up there. Hasn't really performed. Maybe he's not altogether back, but we're up to 27 minutes he played uh, the other day. So keep an eye on him moving forward, too. But I'm not really looking to play a lot of this game but I'll let you talk about some of the Grizzlies, you know, potential injury designations and maybe who that would benefit over there, Chief. Well, I mean, we already know that uh, uh, D'Anthony Melton is going to be out. I do think it's going to directly benefit Grayson Allen. I I think he's going to probably play 30 minutes again. And Desmond Bain probably picks up some extra minutes. Here's what I will say, though, Luchin. This is going to be quick. I'm not playing anybody from this game. This game's ugly. Uh, I just I don't think there's enough value. Look, I know Josh going to New York. He's 7K. I get it. Knicks have been playing good defense. They're trying to make the playoffs. Uh, so I, I'm just going to fade this game. If you look at where they, the Knicks are in the Eastern Conference right now, they're in the eighth seed. They're 25 and 27. They need this game tomorrow. They're four and six in their last 10. They need to win this game so they can get to five and five. That'll put them at 26 and 27. Um, we'll see what happens with the Celtics. Um, but they got to win this game to try to creep back up into that, you know, five to six spot to stay out of this playoffs. Let's talk about your favorite player, Trey Young, and his Atlanta Hawks are going to take on the Bulls. I'm just kidding. I know you like Trey Young, but I know you just really never willing to play him as much as some of the other point guards, and I get it. That being said, we got a lot of Q tags and a couple guys that are out already on Atlanta. Chicago on a second leg of a back-to-back. Obviously, we, we just talked about them and Chris Boucher and the Bulls actually came away with a nine-point win despite Chris Boucher and his heroic efforts. 
just an awesome night from Boucher, by the way. Boucher, Boucher, Monster. whatever. Tomato, tomato, Boucher, Boucher. So we have Qu- Clint Capella with a questionable tag. John Collins is out. Gallinari is questionable. DeAndre Hunter is out. Cam Reddish is still out. At what point are you going to consider playing Trey Young? What is his salary on FanDuel? We know the Bulls. We're, pre- we're pretty much there right now. Relatively high pace. So you're there. So you're we're there. De- he's 8,100 now. Oh, my good Lord. We're, we're there. We're there. Like, oh, I, Look, man. I've been fading Trey in the high eights. Trey, Trey was like, remember Trey started the season in, in the nines, got down. Got, then he was like 8,900, 88, 87, 86, 84. And now we've hit 8,100. And I'm in. I am in on Trey Young right now at this price. But so will probably the rest of the DFS world. 8100 is a really good price for him with a lot of these guys being out. Here's somebody you probably didn't think I would mention on this show. Um, but this is a guy I, I think has some value on this slate. Uh, Solomon Hill. If, if, if Gallinari is out, I, ladies and gentlemen, Solomon Hill is going to play another 30 minutes. I, I will be in on Solomon Hill at 3700 on FanDuel. Just hoping that he gets a few points and hits the peripheral uh, wheel roulette. And if he does that, he'll pick you up 25 fantasy points and, you know, we can go home with that. Uh, I did play Bogdanovich the other day. It didn't quite work out because the rest of my lineup didn't quite get there. But Bogdanovich does have more some meat on the bone at 7,300 on FanDuel. Doesn't feel like it, but if he's going to play 36 minutes, trust me, he's going to put the ball in the basket. And he, he, can, he can absolutely get 40 fantasy points. But he is 7,300, so you need him to get 40. Solomon Hill is 37. We need him to get 25. I, I like Solomon Hill in this spot. Uh, I, I, think, I think he's a fine play for value. Does Bogdanovich's usage hurt Trey Young playing alongside of him? I mean, Trey Young's been a better distributor this year. We've seen his assist, not in half assists yeah. a game, but so, you know, that's awesome. Let me, let me plug this. Solomon Hill is only in play. If Gallinari is out, okay, that, that that's really what this is about. So Agreed. Agreed. I, don't, I don't want you guys to get confused. We're not playing Solomon Hill if Gallinari plays. We're playing Solomon Hill if Gallinari is out. So I want to clear that up because I don't want people to play Solomon Hill and Gallinari plays. He gets 15 minutes. And they're like, Chief said play, play. You know, no, 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 no. Only if Gallinari's out. Okay, so what if, what if Capella is out? Do we go to any of these cheap Atlanta big guys that are just so – you know, hit or miss. I mean, I mean, listen, Okongu put up 32, 33 the other night, played yeah. 32 minutes in Memphis. He's in play. Might have been garbage in- time, though. I got to check. Um, he's in play. Anytime you're that cheap and you're yeah. seven feet tall to get some blocks and steals in the paint, whatever goes on down there. Um, yeah, Ojeka, he, Okongu, he, yeah. I think he's in play at that price. I think he's in play. If he's going to get 30, 30, I'd even take 30 minutes at that price. I think he's fine. I'd gamble with 25, honestly. I, I think this game carries a lot of value. I'm curious to see if anybody gets rested on Chicago. Here, here's the thing. Zach Levine finally had the quote-unquote the game alongside of Vucevic. Had 55 I like the way he did it, though. Like he didn't have to score did. 40 fantasy points. It was the assist that got him there. And he, if Zach Levine can play this way, this team is going to be a lot better. And he had six boards. So he all-out contributed. What wasn't even a question? Yeah. So, seventy eight hundred on D 
DK. I mean, we're, we're talking about a high upside guy against Atlanta. Against Atlanta. Maybe he's got his mojo back a little bit. Maybe playing on the second level of a, of a leg of a back-to-back might actually help Levine out a little bit. Keep his rhythm going, finally. <sighs> I, I, I think... I think if this team is going to be successful now, Levine did have some peripherals, three steals and a block in that game as well. But even if you take that away, he's still overvalued. That's 12 points. He's still at 43 fantasy points. I'd accept 43. He's, he's 7,500. Here's the deal. I think this is the way Levine has to play now. If this team is going to be successful, he can't take 30 shots. He's got to be efficient. He's got to distribute the ball. You've got Vooch there for a reason. If we're in high pick and roll, We've got to find a way to get him more assists. I think that's the way to do it. Now, look, they had to build some chemistry. They got Vooch like at the trade deadline. He's only been there a couple weeks. I think this was to be expected, trying to get your chemistry going. But this is how it's going to have to work. I think this is the Zach Levine we need to see. And what, what I mean is consistently. I'm not saying Zach Levine doesn't ever, isn't ever going to score 40 real points in a game. He's going to get hot and score 40, and they're going to just feed him the ball because he's hot. But in a vacuum, this is the Zach Levine we want to see. 25 points, five or six rebounds, seven or eight assists. If he can do that every game consistently, this team is going to take off. This team is going to take off, I'm telling you. If I'm multi-max entering large field stuff, two other guys in this game I want to go overweight on is Kobe White on DK. He's 4,300. And Daniel Tice, who's 3,700. Yes, they've been inconsistent. They both saw between 25 and 27 minutes with Chicago, both of them coming off the bench in a great matchup. So, you know, they're seeing 25-ish plus minutes, 4,300 or cheaper. I think, you know, they're going to see low ownership on them because as far as we know, no one, as far as we know as of right now, nobody's going to rest for Chicago. But they could do, you know, seven times 8x value type of damage at those prices in this Atlanta matchup. Would I play him in single entry or three max? No, not without any news. But if I'm playing large stuff, I definitely want some exposure to some of those guys in this game. I definitely think Daniel Tyson, 3,700 on DK is in play no matter what. He's getting 25 minutes. I, I, I like that. Yeah, Luch, I, I, I think that's a big-time call. I, that, I, that's a big-time call on this slate. That's I, super sneaky. I think it could be because Marquette only saw 18 minutes. We just talked about how they're shuffling, right? And uh, he, he, I'm shuffling, shuffling. He hit eight of ten shots, Mark Cannon, but he played 18 minutes. That I don't know. I, not happening again. Not happening again. That confuses me because at this point, like, do you want to keep showcasing Mark Cannon or do you want to give Tice some run? I, I just thought we want they'd want some more Mark Cannon at this point, but apparently they don't. And do you know where? Do you know where Lori? And we're not gonna. I'm not on Lori train. I'm not saying Lori needs to leave Chicago, but do you know where I think Lori could fit in? Let me guess, Charlotte. No. We're in the Boucher sweepstakes in Charlotte. Oh, that, that's well, he, where he might be off the table now. <laughs> but but seriously, I think hear me out here. I think Lori Marketing would fit in well with the Knicks. A guy that can come off the bench, score the ball a little bit. Because look, they've got these guys that they aren't using. They're not using Obi Toppin, they're not using Kevin Knox. They're not, like they, they've got this random collection of guys, but they're playing all their guys 35 minutes. This is a guy that could play some four when they need Randall to play the five. Bring in a guy that can shoot the ball a little bit, give him a little bit more space on the floor and let RJ operate, you know, let quickly operate, let Rose operate, can do some pick and pop type things. 
I think this is a guy they could have used this year in the playoffs to play 25 minutes, give him a little bit of a scoring boost, because I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to hurt the Knicks in the playoffs. It's not going to be their defense. It's going to be their ability to not keep up scoring. And so anyway, you know, I'm always kind of looking and piecing together. I re- Secretly, guys, I do want to own a sports team or be a GM or something like that. And I still want to work at Roto Grinders at the same time. How I'm going to do that? Have no clue. But it's it's in the works uh, or in the cards. It's in my dreams, rather. But uh, I, I think... I, I think that could work. That's my that's my secret. That's our GM call of the day. Lori marketing to the Knicks. For some reason, I don't know why I was on mute while you were talking. I was guessing that you were going to say the Knicks. I, I don't know why. And by the way, while I'm talking about this, do me a favor and look up what Kevin Love did tonight so we can talk about that if you want while, while I'm doing this right here. Of, of course, of course. But I, I think that's a really good call. And my thing is with the Knicks, here's our little like off off-topic rant of the evening is, I don't think Mitchell Robinson, and there's no no jab at Mitchell Robinson or Noel. I don't think either of them are starting centers in the league, and you just can't run out Randall there every night at the five either. Robinson, you know what? He has that Clint Capella grindness to him, but we haven't seen him healthy since he's been in the league, and eventually that's that's got to be a problem. Uh, kind of even the same thing with Noel. So why not get a look at another you know stretch four, you know small ball five guy? But eventually the Knicks have to go out there and I think get a, an anchor uh, to put there in center. But yeah, Mark Kennan might be on the move. Who knows? You know, there, there's got to be a reason why he's not playing as much as he's been. So have you found, have you found the Kevin Love numbers yet? Man, this is incredible. We spoke it into existence. Plus 18 on the night, 18, 11, and two. Kevin Love, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in 23 minutes. He almost 7X, so, right? 7x value almost it's close yeah in 23 minutes and somebody on the show asked me do they think kevin love could get 10, 10 10 plus rebounds today and i said nah i don't think so and i figured he'd be around eight now nah, he got 11 uh so if you were looking for a prop bet i hope you took the over my man uh 18 11 and two vintage kevin love in 23 minutes though 20 man i still can't play him because i don't ever know when the bottom's gonna fall out but this is this is this is Kevin Love saying I, I heard the podcast. Get me to Phoenix. Get me out of here. Get me to Portland. I will accept the buyout right now. I want out. I want to go to a contender. Well, we we spoke Boucher into existence this week. We spoke Kevin Love into existence. If Mark Kennan goes for like thirty five tomorrow, we we might have to figure out what, what's going on here because something <laughs> just would be a little weird. So yeah, well, I'm gonna be well, all eyes are on Mark Kennan tomorrow, man. On Fridays. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but, all right. Philly and New Orleans. The Pelicans are, have been Raptor-esque the last – for a long time now, too. Yeah. Injuries yeah. and questionable tags of their own. And then, of course, the process has come back, and we know what Embiid ceiling is, and we know how bad New Orleans is defensively. So I, I think this game has a chance to be fun, even if New Orleans – is dinged up. Sometimes they find ways to hang in there, and the Sixers kind of let their opponents hang in there from time to time. Trust me, I, I watch a lot of Sixers ball. Um, but anyway, we got Embiid at 10-1, Zion at 9K flat on DK. Um, last game they played in was a blowout. I mean, Zion, Zion's been just brilliant this year for a guy as young as he is. Uh, been pretty good in fantasy, been really good in real life. Interesting stuff there, but a lot of stuff hinges on whatever happens to Brandon Ingram, who hasn't played since March 29th. He's questionable. Lonzo is questionable. 
Alexander Walker and Hart are out. What does that usually mean? It usually means let's play Eric Bledsoe. The problem is, Chief, he's 6,400 on DK. And I'm curious what he is on FanDuel because, man, I just don't know if I could even play Eric Bledsoe at that price, even if those guys are out. I think maybe Philly would just handle business here. Yeah, man. Here's where I'm at, to be honest with you. If Lonzo's out, I'm pretty much out on this game. Like, I know Isaiah Thomas is there now, but I don't think he's getting a ton of a ton of minutes. Philly's a good defensive team. I, I I'm just going to be out on this game completely if 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 Lonzo's out for sure because I just I feel like they won't have enough talent to compete. I mean Ben Simmons is going to be running all over the place, dropping dimes, not scoring, but getting rebounds and assists. You know, you're going to have Embiid that pretty much probably you know hits 40 fantasy points in the first half and. I just think this is a spot where they run away with it. And I know we can't completely predict blowout situations, but my read on this game is that, uh, you know, Philly handles business here and gets out of New Orleans with the win. Keep an eye on this one throughout the day, because if the Pelicans start ruling people out early, we might see some phantom injuries for the Sixers. And maybe we'll even, maybe we'll even see some injury management stuff. I know they're fighting for the one seed, but if, the Pelicans get rid of all their, their whole starting lineup tomorrow. I think maybe Doc Rivers and company would feel pretty good about coming out with a W, even on the road, probably without Embiid at that point. Just keep an eye on it, because if Embiid's out, that opens up another can of worms, because then maybe the game is closer. Let's face it, Embiid's a top three player in the league right now when he's healthy. Then you got your Tobias Harris, you bumps. You know, you got your Dwight Howard under 5K. So, you know, Seth Curry, 4,400, Shake Milton, all these guys in the 4K range, you know, Danny Green, GPP plays if MB's out. Just keep an eye on this because if we, like I'm saying, if we see some New Orleans people get ruled out around lunchtime, Philly might play the counter chess match and say, you know what, take a night off, Joel. You know, we're counting on you. <laughs> so, I'm we'll, with you. we'll see you next game. Yeah, we'll see you. Talk to me about your Hornets for taking on Milwaukee, who's on a second leg of a back-to-back. Lord, I just, I just pray, I just pray Giannis is out. Oh God, if Giannis is in, we're done. And, and I, I mean that whole. And listen, we've been playing really hard. Like I, I like that about the team this year. We haven't given up. We've been playing hard. But I'm telling you, I've been watching this team, and sometimes it has been a struggle, my man. I mean, we've been on the struggle bus. Like at this point in the season, Coach Borrego is begging for PJ Washington to make more shots. That's what he's asking me to do. What does that tell you? We've got a serious lack of scoring. I've, I've gone on air. I've been on the record several times saying I really hated this contract we gave to Gordon Hayward. It's got nothing to do with Gordon Hayward. I think Gordon Hayward's fantastic. But I feel like we put ourselves back in a Nicholas Batum situation where we overpaid a guy for an extended period of time. I know that I know that the salary cap moves. I know they've got the collective bargaining agreement. I, I get all of that. I know the TV contracts have everything going up, up, up. I get it. But I just feel like we could have done got more bang for our buck. Gordon Hayward's been out several times this year. This isn't the first time he's been out for an extended period of time. And now we need him to play. Like we need Gordon Hayward, and he's nowhere to be found. He's at home. He's, he's get, and, and look, I, I like Gordon Hayward. I like his story. I, I, mean, I think he's a really nice guy and a fantastic basketball player. I just don't think we should have paid him all that money. 
With that being said, it's really been a struggle for us, man. Now, look, we've played some cupcake teams. Like, we played OKC the other night and kind of cruised. But Terry Rozier still had to play 39 minutes. He still had to play 39 minutes for us to get there. So I, 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 I think I, I just hope Giannis is out and maybe we can win this game. If Giannis is in, like, forget it. But I do, I do, you know, I don't typically take point guards against Drew Holiday because I feel like he's a pretty good defender. So, you know, in this spot, yeah, I would probably take some P.J. Washington. I'd maybe consider some Miles Bridges because his minutes have really picked up with, uh, with all these guys out, especially if Monk is out again and it looks like he's going to be out. I do think uh, Miles Bridges is going to be a flyer that's, that's going to be in play for us. Are Cody Zeller's minutes real if the game is fairly close? Just looking at his game log. 28 minutes against I, I know. I 30, know. 13 minutes against Boston, but you lost by 30. 28 minutes in a fairly competitive game against the Pacers. 21 minutes against the, the Brooklyn Nets, but it was kind of a blowout. blowout. So yeah. what's up with Zeller? I, I think at this point he has to play 25 minutes or 20 to 20 because of the lack of bodies. Like, you know, they, they, they've, they've gone on record saying they want PJ to play more center, but – you know, at the same time, he's still only playing 28 minutes, roughly. He, he's not getting over 30 a lot. So I, I think Zeller gets 21 to 25 minutes in his spot. And at that price, he's okay as a flyer. But you're going to need him to be very efficient. What um, is he, Fandle? He's 4,900. Okay. What if I told you it was 44 on DK? I mean, he's in play. He's in play. You, exactly. you just need him to be efficient. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, he shoots at a high clip. It's just like, if he gets those 25 minutes, I mean, if Giannis is in, you're right. I'm scared of this game. If Giannis is out, and I tell you what, Milwaukee's not playing too well on the second leg of a back-to-back, on the first leg of the back-to-back tonight. So, yeah, Giannis's status is integral if I like any of the Hornets as well. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Three more games, Chief. We got to kind of cruise through here. Spurs and Denver. Uh, let's see here. I mean, the Nuggets have been a really good basketball team since they got Aaron Gordon. They're a good basketball. They were a good basketball team without him, and here we are. They have yeah, the, the centerpiece, JaVale McGee, we talked about. <laughs> the good luck charm, I'm telling you. Charm. Well, Jamal Murray's questionable. Uh, let's talk about that. What, what are your thoughts on this Nuggets team? A lot of bodies now. Are there too many bodies? Uh, I think if he's out. Um, which they priced up Will Barton on FanDuel. Now he's now 5,900. So that's kind of right at his his mark. Uh, but if you look at what he's been doing, I mean, he's had two fantastic games. Really his last his last four games, 30, 33, 41, 31. But, but he was like in that low to mid 5K range, which was a lot better. Um, but I, so I think it's Jokic, man. Jokic is 10-1 on FanDuel right now. And he's still got 60-point upside. Now, things are changing with Aaron Gordon in the mix. Don't get me wrong. Like I told, But I'm saying if, if this is all based on if Murray were to sit, like I, I take Jokic in this spot straight up. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think he's – Jokic is finally, finally really clicking with Aaron Gordon and how he moves off the ball. Last three games, 16 dimes, 11 dimes, 10 dimes. So really finding – has multiple people he could find off the ball, which I think is great for him too. So I'm with you. For me, I think it's just Jokic. 
on the Denver side of things. Yeah. Um, I think – let me check. I'm going to make this very clear. I'm not playing anyone from San Antonio today. Now, DeRozan is 7,600 on FanDuel, which is getting close to that may want to play him price. I kind of view him like Zach Levine, but I, I think I'm just going to pass today um, on DeRozan and I hope it doesn't come back to bite me. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that. And there's another team who can collectively keep this game close and maybe nobody smashes kind of thing, right? Another yeah. lot of people that contribute, chip in. Don't get me wrong, we've seen the ceilings, but I eh, just it's not in my head, it's not a likely probability that any of them dominate any of those guards yeah. that we know. So it's all in my head. I think about it over and over again. Good like voice, go. man. Listen to you. Yeah. Bringing it all to this podcast, well, Priester, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We just we just wrapped up. We just Hulued uh, the last episode of American Idol. I didn't see you on there though. What's up? Oh okay, man, there. nah. You know, I'm actually more of a musician than a singer. I can't sing, but uh, keys and piano. I mean, I play keys and I play drums. So nice. There you go. Fun fact. Yeah. I can't do yeah, any of that. Fun fact. <laughs> Quite honestly, sometimes I'm just a terrible fantasy analysis too. Apparently, oh, but no, you did no, get Chris no, Boucher no. right. Let's get it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Listen, I, we're- if Laurie marketing goes off tomorrow, oh, man. We're, we're on to something here. We got to start watching what we say and incorporate it to our own bills. I'm not playing Laurie for what it's worth. But what? <laughs> listen, a listener is going to play Laurie tomorrow, and Laurie's going to go off for 35, and we're going to be sitting here twiddling our thumbs saying, we got to start eating our own sauce. Hey, if our listeners make money, I'm all about it. I'm yes. all about it. I will tell you one thing. We do know a fast, sloppy game is going to be the Wizards and the Warriors at 10 o'clock. Oh, my goodness. I've been waiting for this game. Here we go. Bradley Beal, questionable tag as usual. So have at it. Have at it. So Beal is going to play. He's probable. And then guess what they're doing? Gary Payton II is signing a 10-day contract with the Warriors. Coming out of retirement to go Beat up his old Washington Wizards team. I'm just kidding. Bench game. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think he's going to play much. But uh, I do think in this game, man, Curry at 96. I mean, this is big time. We, you, you know, a lot of these guys that used to play out West, they get up for Russell Westbrook. They want this matchup because they know it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Russ is going to be rocking the baby. Curry is going to be rocking the shoulders. Russ is going to be flying to the lane, grabbing rebounds, getting assists. Curry's going to be coming off screens, shooting three-pointers, splash brother Uno. Uh, I just think this is a fantastic game. We've got James Wiseman at 4,800. His minutes are starting to trend up in certain spots. I'd be willing to take a flyer on him. Draymond at 7,500. I would absolutely play Draymond in this spot. If he gets 35 minutes, doesn't this feel like our bootleg triple-double from Draymond Green game? 10 points. 12 rebounds, 12 assists, three blocks, two steals, barely any turnovers. Feels like a 50 spot for Draymond here going against the Wizards. Very excited about this game in particular. And then from the Washington side, it's really just the main guys. It's really Russ and Beal. Beal is probable. Uh, and that's kind of where I am. I don't really want to play anybody else from Washington because those guys soak up so much usage and not only usage, production. Yeah, Beal came back, played 30 minutes. He played well. He played well. So maybe he's 35. Maybe maybe he's fine. Didn't matter for Russell Westbrook. He only took 11 shots. 
ah, that's fine. I'll play 30 minutes. I'll grab 14 boards, dish out 15 dimes to my buddy Brad Beal. I'll chip in 23, 68.5 DK points against Orlando. Another day at the office for Westbrook. <laughs> Just makes it look so easy. And now, yeah, he'll have to chase around Steph Curry a lot, but how do you not like Westbrook in this spot? 11K, if the value's there, I say play Westbrook in my opinion. Go get him tomorrow. Don't overthink it. I got I to gotta see if there's a point total for this one. It's got to be through the roof. I don't know if there is, but I will check it out. I mean, is Westbrook one of your top five favorite optimal plays on this slate, Will? Yeah. He's absolutely one of my top five plays. I mean, the guy's fantastic, man. He's going to crush um, in this spot. I mean, he, he does so much for this team, and I'm expecting the game to be competitive. So I, I'm very interested, very interested. Yeah, same here. Warriors favored by just four and a half. So uh, seems like a really good late push kind of feel. You know, Rui had his time when Beal was out. Beal's in. I'm off Rui at 6,800 on DK. Just can't do it. Yeah. But I, I, I really can't fault you for playing Beal either at 9,300, you know, in this matchup, even if he plays 33, 34 minutes, I, you know, he's got 50 point upside, no doubt in this one too. And um, if he wasn't good to play, they wouldn't rush him out there, you know, at this point. So I'm with the main guys for the wizards. Golden State, Curry's 99. Still like him in the spot. I think that tag might scare some people off of him. You know, Draymond, I tell you what, you're right. If they run a lot of off-ball Curry stuff and he's the point forward, it could be a 10-11 dime kind of night. Uh, but, hey, we did forget about one revenge game, and that's Kelly Oubre, who, for no reason, in this tempo and a little bit extra, <laughs> I, I, I never know. I mean, he's right in that price range where nobody wants to pay for him, right? He's, I don't know what yeah. he is on Fandle, but he's like 66, 6,700 on this slate. There's probably better, quote-unquote, better options. And he's playing the minutes. Then Oubre's playing the minutes. So, yeah, there's going to be – I think if you're game stacking and multi-entering, I think, in my opinion, I'd look at a bunch of different combos from this one and uh, maybe try to build around that. So, uh, Will, there's one more nightcap on Friday. It's Houston and the Clippers. <laughs> Houston, another team we've been dealing with all season for various oh, reasons. And oh, don't worry. Kinds, this is, this is going to be quick, folks. All kinds of injury designations. So, let, let me steal your thunder. I'm not playing anyone from this game. Nope. Forget it. I mean, this is another blowout, man. If the Clippers don't blow Houston out here, they they, they need to get back in the gym. Something. Uh, well, this I, should I, be a- I, I tell you what, second leg of a back-to-back for the Clippers, right? Aren't they playing today? Yeah, they played today. So you might see an, uh, a load uh, management situation, and that, that kind of sucks. But it yeah, might happen. I mean – if they do, then listen, you need to get all the Terrence Mann that you can. Because <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna have a field day. Uh, and the price is coming down. If Paul George and Kawhi were to sit here, get all the Terrence Mann yet. Here's why I don't think they might sit though. Remember, I am now incorporating, and, I, and I'm dead serious about this. I am completely incorporating standings into my research now. The Clippers are. Uh, three games back off the Suns. They're playing the Suns tonight. If they can scrape out a win, scrape out a win, they'll be two games back, right? From the Suns, yeah, yeah, two games back. And if they win tomorrow, they'll be game game and a half back from from the two seed. 
Why is this important? Why? These top teams want to continue to distance themselves from the Lakers. Trust me. We don't want to play the Lakers in the first round with LeBron and AD coming back healthy. We, we don't want that, especially with Drummond back in the mix, right? Right now, the Clippers are the three seed, and the Nuggets are on their tail. The Nuggets are on their tail, Luke. They could end up being a four seed here. And look, we've still got plenty more time to go. But my point is, I wouldn't want to see a four or five matchup with the Lakers, even if the Lakers got to travel on. Nobody wants that with healthy LeBron, healthy AD. I don't think we want that. So these top teams want to keep pushing. They want to keep winning. Uh, can you imagine the Lakers falling to the sixth seed? This, this, the, the end of the season is going to be fantastic. But that's why I think the Clippers want to win. They've got a chance to close the gap a little bit and kind of get a little bit more distance and see if they can chase a top two spot here. Well, I'm looking at the Clippers schedule and the good news is obviously they have a second leg of a back-to-back and then their next second leg of a back-to-back where they have two games. Okay. Actually next week they have Indiana and Detroit. They should win both of those. They should win both of those without Kawhi. Quite honestly. They they should, but I mean, I'd rather Kawhi play 20 minutes, we handle business, than to sit him, and then we're wondering whether or not, you know, if, if you I, – I don't know how the coach is going to play it. I don't know how the training staff is going to play it. But I'm telling you, these teams want to keep winning. They, they don't want to see the Lakers first round with the Lakers in a five spot. For, they don't want to do it. I guarantee you they don't. I don't care what they say. I wouldn't want to play the Lakers with a healthy LeBron and AD back. What if they come back with two weeks left, Lutz? And, and, and now they've got Drummond in the mix, and you got to see the Lakers in the first round? No way. No I, way. I, I hear you. I hear you. Man, I'm curious to see how they play this. Just looking at the schedule, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Because after, the, after they uh, play Houston, they play Detroit. I'm sorry. That's, yeah, they play Detroit, Indiana, Detroit, and then they go on a, go on the road, play the Sixers. So you're right. That's they need to be win. A tough game. They need to win. Yeah. Hey, listen, I think they absolutely handle business if Kawhi and Paul George both play. I think they're up 25 at halftime on Friday against Houston. That's that's what you do. Listen, that's what my coach used to tell me. You want you want the bench guys to play? Go ahead and handle business. Let's see if we can get us a good 25, 30 point lead in the third, and let these bench players go out and have their fun. If they if the game gets back within fifteen, I'm putting you back in, and it's not on you; it's on them. I like it, man. It's going to be a fun card. A lot of news is going to drop there in the afternoon. We got to wrap this thing up though with our GPP food of the day. And shout out to our guy Chris Felicetta. Yeah, Chris, I'm coming to see you. If I'm in New York, man, I got to get some of this chorizo queso. Thank you very much for the recommendation. I appreciate it. Yeah, good stuff. And he heard us talk about the uh, chorizo queso. He said he has a, a good spot on 82nd Street off 3rd Ave in Manhattan. Good to know. If you're up in New York, check it out. So I asked Chris, hey, what do you, you know, you gave us a good suggestion. What should, what food should we quick discuss on the next morning grind? And anybody listening, tweet us with some suggestions. We want to hear what kind of food and your favorite spots. So he wants to talk cheesesteaks, Philly cheesesteaks, cheesesteaks in general. I tell you what, I'm about 90 minutes from Philly. You get your classic Wit Whiz, you know, Cheese Whiz. Where to get your cheesesteaks in the Philadelphia area is 
very controversial. Oh, I remember this. Yes. I will tell you, if you go to Pastor Gino's, you'll get crucified by the locals or you'll just get labeled a tourist. I've eaten both. They're both very good. Um, but there's a ton of ton of different places. Um, De Asandro's in Philly is really good. My personal favorite in Philly is a place called Oregon Steaks in South Philly. Shout out to Oregon Steaks. Love it. Um, but, you know, you come up north here and you kind of lose that Philly-ish, you know, flair. And a lot of people don't do the cheese whiz when you come up to the sticks here. And you know what? A lot of cheese steaks around here, you get sauce, like like almost like marinara sauce on them, borderline. You get onions. Yeah, it's a big thing around here. And it's strange. And to me, I, I prefer the Philly way. But, you, you know, you call a local pizzeria or Italian place, get cheesesteak. They say, do you want sauce and onions? And they mean like red sauce, like a borderline pasta sauce, onions. You, know, you can get peppers. You know, you can even get a quote unquote California style. And all this is probably very insulting to the Philly locals and listeners with all these different ways to doctor the original Philly cheesesteak. And by the way, I, I, I'm standing with you. I love the wit, the wit whiz. I'm a wit whiz guy. I like the cheese whiz. Um, but you can even get the California style, which is just the lettuce, tomato, onion, mayo people put on it up here too and eat it like that. Oh. So it's almost kind of like, you know, like a lunchy, like a lunch thing, you know? So yeah. interesting. I'm going to be avoiding the California style. I, I can tell yeah. you that right now. Uh, nothing against nothing against it, but listen. If if I'm if I'm getting a cheesesteak, listen. That there's one key word at the beginning of this steak, and that word is cheese. I want my cheese, people. So I'm, I'm with you, man. Give me more cheese than steak. Not really. I, I want them. I want it equally. You know, put together so it can melt in my mouth, not in my hands. Old school Eminem reference, by the way. Uh, but yes, I do want cheese with the steak save california style get out of here gotta have cheese you gotta have cheese i mean if that's the case man we might as well say greek style and put some feta in there Ooh, yeah i mean that hey, might work each their own i mean uh, yes i'm not a fan of the california you know honestly there are days where i'm like well pre-pandemic it's like you know what i for some reason have nothing are the phillies at home like can i go down and grab a cheesesteak and go scalp some tickets they're like sitting the bleachers yeah. you know um yeah, definitely. If you haven't had a real Philly cheesesteak, I also like Jim's. Jim's in Philly is one of my favorites too. So yeah, do your research, folks. There are way too many articles about Philly cheesesteaks out there. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I'm ready to load up on the cheese. Anyway, Will Priester, I know you got a lot of, of Roto Grinders content coming up. The weekend's here. We're going to be on our morning grind hiatus. So what do you got going on this weekend? And uh, hey, best of luck to you, man, with, with DFS. And I'm sure you'll be chasing the fantasy qualifier a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this weekend, just going to hang out with my girls and uh, call it a weekend. They'll probably want to ride their bikes, watch a movie, eat some popcorn, uh, take them to get some. We got a spot down here called Sweet Frog. Uh, it's a yogurt spot. So I take them there, you know, they get to pick out their toppings. And, uh, you know, uh, another fun fact, uh, I actually like the orange yogurt. And it's not the creamsicle orange. It's just like a regular orange, almost like a sherbet. And I put like pineapple in there, strawberries, like real fruit. It's amazing. Um, I mean, man, and I, I'm a citrusy guy anyway. So I like, well, I don't want to say a citrusy guy, but my favorite fruits are like bananas, oranges, pineapple, strawberry. They're not all citrus. I like plums too. I, just, I like a lot of good fruit, uh, but, I, but I also like to put good fruit in that, in that sherbet. And uh, it, it's really good. So, uh, 
and that's a it's it's like it tastes like sherbet, but it's also it's yogurt. Anyway, that's what I'm doing with the girls. Maybe I'll take them to get uh last thing. Maybe I'll take them to get snow cones. We got a spot down here called Pelican Snow Cones, and it's actually like the shaved ice you get from Hawaii. It's incredible, incredible. So that's typically uh, what I kind of do with the girls, and you know we'll find some other fun things for them to do. Good stuff, man. A little post cheesesteak treat to uh, balance oh, it out a little bit. There, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Well, good stuff. Check out Will on Twitter at Chief Justice 06. Look me up on Twitter at the J Carlucci. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Did anybody play Kevin Love? Is anybody going to play Mark Hennon? You know, just <laughs> play, play him in a free roll and let us know if we're bringing the good, the good juju or not up in here. So, uh, hey. It's been a great week. We'll be back on Monday. So for the Chief Will Priester, I'm Justin Carluzzi. Have a great weekend and good luck.